<laughs> okay, so we're already recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that in there, dude. That's why I did that. Wow. Oh, man. I'm already ahead of you, man. I'm already ahead I'm of you. I'm already incriminating myself going in. <laughs> All right, so this is the uh, Deep Dive Hilco Homes podcast, and this is Mike, your host. And today I have Alex Estrada with me. For today's episode, we're gonna do um, we're gonna back it up a little bit. Normally, we go in and talk about a topic in real estate, and lately we've been featuring some of the Hilco Homes team on the podcast. You know, talking a little bit about where they come from, their expertise, um, how they got involved with real estate, and things like that. And for today's episode. Um, we're going to have Alex talk to us a little bit about uh, how he came to real estate. You know, we've uh, in past episodes, we've touched a little bit about his background. We've touched a little bit about, um, you know, when he first came to Hillco through um, the deep dive wholesale show that Marco and, Hil- uh, and Hillary and Kirk and all them would have uh, at Geekdom and kind of just it, it just happened. So let's jump right into it. Alex, um, let's talk a little bit about yourself before Hillco and real estate. I mean, are you where are you from originally? Uh, I'm actually from the east side of San Antonio. Um, I would say the east side of San Antonio because that's where I majority lived most of my life. Okay, you, but make, you make it sound like it's really far away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm from the east side (laughs) not not the east coast i'm on the east side (laughs) east coast of san antonio and uh yeah so i kind of grew up there and then um i I used to get into a lot of trouble hanging around with the wrong people you know the the typical you know i had east side stuff yeah typical east side (laughs) things with my little brad friends and um and so you know i i slowly started i guess kind of snapping out of my stuff because i you know, um, you know, as I grew and the people around me grew, they some of them started ending up in jail. Some of them got killed. Sure. Um, you know, I I currently have actually I have three friends that are in jail right now for murder, and I either told myself either I need to get myself together, or I'm gonna end up dead in jail, or God knows what, right? Or on an ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, and so. Um, I guess once once I got kicked out of Brackenridge and after that and I I was a little a dropout for a, sh- a short very short period of time like I I snapped out of it really fast <laughs> I was like I knew this <laughs> and so you know I reached out to my uncle because you know currently the SAISD didn't allow me into any other school so went to Austin graduated over there that's when my uncle started uh, pushing books on me started kind of yeah. really reevaluating myself and rebuilding myself so to speak and so I, I started doing that and then I decided to move back to San Antonio and then started going back downhill a little bit you know I started falling off again started Dang. selling cereals and you know <laughs> started selling different kinds of cereals you know what I'm saying and so I did this one time um I ended up getting arrested for, you know, for 
doing cereal and <laughs> or eating cereal and then you know uh from that point on i seriously like i felt like i hit rock bottom at that point yeah. and at that point i was actually kind of homeless myself too and then i was like no man this this is not me and you know not to mention you know i, I have a child and you know she stays with her mom her mom and my child my firstborn they stayed at their dad's house and I'm over here homeless and I'm like, man, what am I doing? And uh, I think that's, that's, you know, sometimes people hit rock bottom. Sometimes rock bottom is not enough. So they hit, they go six feet under sometimes or whatever. But, you know, I think that was the, the point of, you know, of a new Alex, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, of course, man, but at least I graduated. <laughs> you know, I'm the only one out of all my friends that graduated, you know? And, um, but, you know, I kind of did a little bit of everything. <clears throat> I did uh, major- my prime, like what I always felt like I was always good at was, was with sales. Right? Yeah. Uh, now, do you think you you feel that you're strong in sales out of necessity or is that just like a natural thing? Like I, from, I, from like you were a child as far back as you can remember, you were good with sales or what? Yeah. So I honestly think it was a natural for me than your average because one I'm not shy I kind of always just knew I wasn't the shy person uh, yeah, you're, like, you're definitely an extrovert <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like the loudest person you know but you know but people remember me you know everywhere I leave like, I'm sure if it was legal for you to for anybody to just like have a flare with them at all times yeah. and you you would walk into a room with flares like look at me <laughs> <laughs> pretty much man what's it called yeah so you know I was um I, I knew I was natural at it from when I was small. I was like eight, seven years old. I started like selling uh, cheat codes to the video games. <laughs> nice. I did, man. I sold everything for a dollar each per, per How page. How old were you when you did that? I was probably like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, um, I was, I was in elementary. On yeah. That one. Uh, because people were always, I, I, something just told me, hey, man, start doing this. So I started doing it. I was really good at it. I used to make uh, like, 30, 40 bucks a week nice. <laughs> back in elementary, you know, yeah. that was a couple man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was in a uh, fifth grade when I started like my first entrepreneurial venture and that was uh, selling Pokemon cards. Yeah. I also like, did sell Pokemon I, cards. I never played Pokemon cards. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> really like it. I never was really got into it. You know, yeah. like my wife was really into Pokemon, mm-hmm. but I never, I never really liked yeah. it. And, um, but I saw the, that like the craze just took off like wildfire. Like just, it was just one day, everybody at lunch was playing Pokemon cards. Yeah. And, and I was just like, (laughs) I I, I, like found one on the floor and I was like, Oh, Hey, this is a Pokemon card. I don't know what the heck this thing is, but you know, I like went to a guy that I knew in my class and I was like, Hey, you want this? And he's like, Oh man, I don't have that one. And I was like, I'll give it to you for two bucks. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So after that, I started like, yeah, I was like looking everywhere. Like after that, it was like walking down the halls. I was always looking down so I could see if I could find Pokemon cards (laughs) Or like I would like during recess playing outside, like people would drop them out of their pockets, and I was already there like picking them up, and you know, and then I would use those to trade for other ones that I knew had more value, and that's the only reason why I knew what Pokemon cards were, like what the characters were, because I needed to know which ones were most valuable. (laughs) You started watching Pokemon. (laughs) I didn't actually. Uh, I I was just like strictly strictly Pokemon cards. That's all I did. (laughs) Well, when I was selling Pokemon cards, Pokemon cards, I was just stealing them from other people and just reselling them to 
sometimes the same people. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm really good at this. <laughs> man, con artist. Yeah, con artist, man. What a jerk. You know, but uh, you know, I, I, I really didn't like, you know, grow up studying or anything like that. I, I think I was just, I think I was just a jerk. <laughs> it's just like, hey, well, I got this one. You want to buy it from me? Ah, oh, dude, that's the one I need. I was like, yeah, I took it from you. <laughs> I know. Now you need it. Supply and demand. <laughs> Create the demand. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can. He who controls the market controls the supply. <laughs> So um, I know we kind of like deviated there a little mm-hmm. bit, but um, in terms of like sales experience, um, your first job, like first you, job ever, yeah, first oh, job dude. ever. I was knocking on doors, bro. I was selling a um, the Express News subscriptions, yeah, and I would I would knock knock, and I never had a problem with it. I was really good at it, and um, so there's just one time I think I got like so obsessed with it like eventually I started holding my foot in the door so they couldn't close it <laughs> some people threatened to call the cops on me <laughs> I bailed <laughs> I was like uh, you know what I don't think you need it <laughs> he's like uh, this one lady was like hey man uh, can you move your foot I was like oh I'm sorry about that I got big feet sometimes <laughs> they're like what are you doing? your whole foot literally is way ahead of me <laughs> uh, but you know it, it was fun I enjoyed it um, you know, as, as I kept doing things with sales, I felt like I got better, better at it. I felt like I, it was more for me. Um, you know, what, like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm very persistent. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a go-getter, you know? And so, and then I moved up to, well, also when I was doing Express News, we also had like these little magnets, like little Spurs magnets. I started selling those more than Express because the the what I got off of each subscription I sold wasn't enough compared to all yeah. the crap they gave me to give away. I was like, I'm selling this, man. I make more money doing this, so you know, eventually <laughs> my numbers got lower, but my memorabilia uh, yeah, my yeah. count got higher. <laughs> and then um, after that, I actually also I think my next sales thing that I did was um, Kirby vacuums. Yeah. I was there. How'd you get into that? Oh, dude, you know. Well, okay, so because they sold the not, dream, bro. <laughs> they sold the it, dream. Did they? Did, is it like a multi-level marketing type thing, or was it like? Because uh, I, I kind of imagine it as like a Cutco kind of thing, where yeah, uh, except that it's like an actual business, and mm-hmm. part of their sales comes from like door-to-door sales. But yeah. I, I don't know. Is it is it structured the, like a like a MLM? Uh, honestly, I. It has similarities. Um, you know, you, you, you join and then you get certain stars and then once you reach those stars out of all these sales that you get or whatever, then you get a team. And then once you get a team, they become a broker and the team, a, mm. a broker. Okay. Which really doesn't mean, they, they, they were calling each other brokers. I was like, I'm not a broker. You're not a life insurance. <laughs> like, what <do> you, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, right? These companies make up their own names, right? Yeah, Master yeah. Chief Captain. <laughs> shit, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, so... Um, I would I say multi-level marketing? I would think so. Uh, okay. I would think it has similarities, but okay. I don't think it would legitimately be called a multi-level marketing. One, we didn't do <clears throat> appointments. I know we did appointments and we also did door knocking, but we could not. It was not like active recruiting of anybody. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like active recruiting. Oh, hey, you, you recruit them and we give you so much. No, it's okay. not that at all. Uh, but you know, I was I was a guy knocking at your door at eight o'clock. At night, trying to get you to buy a three thousand dollar two three thousand dollar vacuum that was really well worth the money. I must say. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. My uncle actually sold a uh, sold a Kirby, a very late model Kirby vacuum, 
and it traded it for a car. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a piece of shit, dude. And, but he, that car was nice, man. He got a Camaro, green Camaro, still remember it. And that was pretty badass, man. I was like, damn, for real. Is that why you're into Camaros? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm more into Camaros. I, I do like them, but I, I personally can't really purchase one because I got a, a fear of getting crushed in a small car. <laughs> and that's and I'm too tall, man. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm too tall for those cars. <laughs> I'm more into trucks and so, and so you're not gonna you're not gonna ride with me if I get a Lamborghini. No Lamborghini, no, I'm gonna ride, but you know, <laughs> I hope you got a top drop. You know what I'm saying? I hope that that top comes Actually, off. Actually, my one of my goals in the next five to ten years is to get a, a, Lamborghini. a Lamborghini or Dude, a Ferrari. And, and part of the reason is not it's not so much because like I I want the car to say I have a sports car or like that's like a goal for success for mm-hmm. me. It's more of when I get to the age of 40 and beyond, I don't know if my back will be good enough for me to get that low to get into a car. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm serious about it. Oh, like, damn. like I have, I, I have a, uh, a bad back, you know, I've, I've injured it, herniated, shattered some disc. I have, you know, nerve, nerve damage. Is that why you're like uh, sideways like that? All the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also in college, fun story. Um, I was bitten by a tick, in doing it in for any, uh, I was taking an ecology class and we went out into a forest and I was, I found a tick on me and it had bit me and it, uh, the tick tested positive for Lyme disease. Oh, man. So I, uh, within like the 24 hours that I was bit, I took the antibiotics to prevent Lyme disease. But one of the side effects of that high of a dosage of antibiotics is an early onset of arthritis. So like I already know I'm gonna be getting arthritis, yeah. and you know like I, my mom has it, so I'm genetically predisposed to having yeah. it. And that and then, shot didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> and that didn't yeah, help either. Bump it up a bit. So <laughs> like uh, like I already know like when I get older I'm gonna have a lot of a lot of issues with yeah. with mobility. So it's like I want to have that experience of being in a sports car and owning the sports sports car. Yeah. I mean, heck, I'm not gonna own it personally. I'm gonna do it through a business, and then you know make have it make money for me yeah but at right the very off. least yeah, <laughs> right exactly off. exactly but at the very least i want to be able to enjoy it when i yeah. still can't yeah it's you on know? your bucket list but well that's yeah. awesome sorry to sidetrack that no but. no you're cool you're cool but, okay yeah. so you were talking about kirby vacuums yeah so and... from kirby vacuums from express news to kirby vacuums and then um i started going trying to like oh uh, one of the big things that i i knew i was really good at was like i started flipping off of craigslist so let me tell you about the story. What so I had this uh, B three thousand, little Mazda B three thousand truck. I traded it for a Silverado truck. And the Silverado truck I traded in for a Blazer. And then the Blazer I traded in for a twenty five hundred um, Chevy uh, Chevy Suburban. Well, you know, and it was huge, man. And I was like. Because, like, if I would have sold it, because I figured, it, it kind of started like this, like, man, like, I, I needed money for my, uh, for rent, and so, and I did not want to work for somebody, I, that's, I, people are like, dude, you're lazy, just, I was like, I'm not lazy, because I want to work for myself, what kind of, you know, like, what kind of small thinking is that, you know, because society says you need a nine to five, well, I'm not, I don't want to be part of society if that's a nine, if that's what's required, right, so anyways, um, so I was like, man, I don't want to get a job, but I need to make some money, and my bill's coming, I got a daughter's support, and then so I, I tried to sell my B3000, and then I'm, and then people were trying to give me three, $400 for it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was given to me, but I'm not just going to give it away. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got to make some money. 
And so um, I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can flip it upwards. And so, of course, I flipped it upwards. Uh, I sold it to some guy who was... Who had who had a son who passed away and he just had a truck sitting there, but the truck's too big for him. So I convinced him to get mine. But mine was a little smaller than him for him, but he still bought it anyway. And then I flipped that one into, like I said, into the, to the Blazer, and then the Blazer I flipped it into the twenty five hundred, and then that twenty five hundred I sold it for six thousand five hundred. Nice. So I came up like within <clears throat> two months off of that. Nice. That was ridiculous. And so once I started, I, once I knew that, I was all like, oh, it's go time. You know what I'm saying? And so here we go. I started flipping. Like I started looking on Craigslist all the time. I started flipping different things. Uh, started more bartering, like trading things upward yeah, yeah. for stuff. Yeah. And then, so to speak. And then uh, I started flipping. I realized people are always asking me for appliances, refrigerators, uh, fucking, you know, dryers, washers, and whatever. Right. And so... Then I started doing that. So, you know, I would have all these people. I, I would, like, call all these people selling appliances, and I would ask questions, kind of pick out, weed out the bad ones, mm -hmm. right? And then I'll be like, and then I'll offer half of what everybody's asking, right? So yeah. there's, you know, they were selling twins for, like, 200. I'll offer them 100 if I can go pick it up. And then I would sell each of those for 100. You see what I'm, you see what I'm doing? And then eventually... I didn't have no more room in my backyard. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious, man. Like, my whole backyard was full of appliances, refrigerators, anything I could get my hands on. And not to mention, I was started, I actually decided to work for a moving company to see if I could get, you know, stuff from people. Yeah. And sure enough, it worked out that way. And then uh, I started getting I started getting the guys to help me bring in, you know, nice, expensive, um, you know, uh, furniture that these rich people are getting rid of because they don't have no room or they have to move or whatever. Yeah. Uh, true story, I did get a brand new $3,500 like touchscreen refrigerator because it had one little scratch on it and the lady did not want it. <laughs> and everybody was like, you know, like freaking out because... You know, she was like, she's like, oh man, she was telling her husband, man, I don't know what we're going to do with this. Like, I don't want it scratched. I'm like, I was looking at it. I'm like, where? <laughs> where? I don't see a scratch. And then she's like, she's like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, well, why don't we just leave it here and see if the next people want it? I don't care. And then I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, ma'am. Um, like, I, I'm not trying to listen in on your conversation, but I overheard um, that if y'all don't want that refrigerator, do you mind if, I mean, I'll take it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to move it. I'll do everything. She says, no, okay, well, do you, you really want it? I mean, can you get it out today? I was like, yeah, as soon as we leave. I'll have these guys help me out. The guys are like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> but I paid up, you know, I paid out people. One today. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. People would get so upset because I would get free stuff all the time. I got a nice grand piano for like three, uh, it was like a $2,000 grand piano. And I sold that. It was nice. really nice. Uh, I would get like big stuff like that, man. And I didn't even care about how much money I was making at the moving. It was just what I was flipping off of Craigslist, what I was getting. It was just working out for me, man. It was awesome. And you know, I knew I was really good at sales, man. So I kept doing it, kept doing it. And so eventually I had to move all my appliances to my grandfather's uh, yard because he has a giant yard. So what I would do is every weekend I would move everything out in the front yard and I would sell everything for like 100, 150. But I would be picking them up in sets for like 100 or less. You see what I'm doing? Yeah. Like I yeah. always trying to double my money. And so I think like the one weekend I made like 2,600 for my, uh, when I, my first big garage sale. Like legitimate, I probably had like 18 to 20 appliances out of my front yard. Like it was ridiculous, bro. Like it, 
You know, I did get ticket a lot because I didn't have a, a permit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 25, 75 bucks. I was like, it's like, man, it's hurting my money. It's, it's, the, cost, it's the cost of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong way. Because yeah. I never got a CD permit. I mean, yeah. eventually I, they caught on to it. I was trying to avoid it until, <laughs> until the cash flow. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it until they tell me something. <laughs> Save me money, right? But, you know, it, it was awesome, you know. And, did you at um, least write off the uh, the square footage of use for business uh, out of your home? <laughs> no, man. I didn't know nothing about business or anything like that. I just knew I was good at sales and that's all I focus on and pocketed everything. Yeah. The IRS doesn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they do. <laughs> well, it's, it was already the seven years statute of limitations. Okay, so fast forward. You... You were doing uh, door-to-door sales, appliance sales, all kinds of sales. Um, how did you come across real estate, real Hilco? Estate. Okay, well, I'm going to kind of back up just a little bit. Yeah. I actually, um, so to be honest with you, real estate's always been in the back of my mind. I just always, I, you know, I was a little small thinker back then. I, I didn't really believe in myself as much as I do now. And I always felt like it was, I was never ready for it. I was always scared and. So when I actually joined life insurance, um, an agency, and they like made me into this machine with no excuse mentality mm-hmm. and always living outside your comfort zone, reading books, learning about business and how to, you know, how to kick up my sales skills with negotiations, how to follow up, how to set right. appointments. And then, you know, for two years and then uh, once I moved on for that, I was just, uh, I joined, uh, I started reading on it, but at the same time, once I left the insurance, I actually was doing my own general contracting. And so a little bit of what the insurance helped me out with, and then a little bit of me doing my own general contracting business, it kind of just came together for me. And then that's when I just, you know, decided after I fell off the roof, I just, <laughs> I decided, you know what, maybe, maybe it's time for real estate. You know what I'm saying? This, I mean, I tried everything else, everything, oil field, everything, railroad, I've done every, done it all, man. And, so I was like, okay. So I started trying to get, learn how to get my, my license, my life insurance license. And then upon doing that, I discovered wholesaling. Then I'm like, wait, no cap? A little risk? I don't have to get a license? Yeah. <laughs> I was all like, I'm sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not man. federally regulated? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's not federally regulated. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't get me with no permits on this. <laughs> But, you know, I understood, and this is what most people understand, is that you're, you're going to go do something that's not really federal regulated or it requires license, no guidelines, and none of that crap. You, what you do have against you is your integrity, is your, you know, your morals, and, you know, your, your work ethics, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, all of yeah. that. Go ahead. <clears throat> what were you saying? No, I was, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so going into this, if, if you don't have no morals or your morals are up to par as far as doing the right thing by others, you know, having integrity, you know, you maybe you need to rethink about what you're doing because one, you're just going to make yourself look bad. Your reputation is going to look bad. You, you probably might get sued a couple of times, you know. And for me, at this time in my life, I had good morals. I had good, uh, you know, integrity. I was... I was very, um, I was very ambitious. I was just an ambitious guy, and so I, I proceeded with it, and then I started doing it by myself for a while, and then I couldn't, I couldn't really 
get a damn deal, man. It was it was very difficult for me because I, I I was reaching out to all these people for help and nobody wasn't helping me. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so yeah, all I had was YouTube and books. You know what I'm saying? That's all I had to educate myself. But I felt like like that still wasn't helping me because I needed to take, I had to take more action into what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? So you know you could no matter how much you read, no matter how much you learn from YouTube videos, if you're not putting into play what you're learning, you know, that knowledge ain't, is, is worthless, really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um, so I was following this one guy, I'm not going to say his name, and then upon looking upon him, not responding and responding, I actually mm-hmm. stumbled across Mr. Romero on this page, um, the owner of Hilco, and then so I reached out to him, they all responded, I was very happy, <laughs> and then I was like, boom, sold, as soon as you responded to me, I was like, boom, sold, I'm following y'all, yeah. <laughs> so I would reach out to KG, I would reach out to kind of some people on the team about their deals, yeah, yeah, um, it's funny, you know, it's funny too, because the, the way they were, um, you know, not really responding to me as much, but they were responding to me, when I started, I was kind of giving them hey you know when i first started you know when i was reaching out to you i wasn't really responding and y'all might want to work on that you know for future people because you might have people yeah. like me right you know when you respond to people when you you know when you help people out they that goes a long way they'll start following you they'll start reaching out to you about stuff just the way i was doing it you see what i'm saying yeah. so yeah. that's why i'm very big on helping people out and then um yeah, so Mr. Romero invited me to the to the deep dive, and of course, as you know, my first deep dive interview didn't go so well because <laughs> I was I like, think it went well enough. I mean, you're here now. <laughs> yeah, oh, it went well enough. But you know, convinced them to give me an opportunity afterwards. You know, I met the team. I loved it. Yeah, I saw a lot of I saw a lot in Mr. Romero, a lot of big potential, and I really believed in that company. And I saw authenticity, and didn't see like no tricks. You know, these gurus. Typically, like when you come, they really try to get you involved in buying stuff from them. But Mr. Romero was more like, you know, he, he's trying to help people change their lives. And yeah, that yeah. meant a lot to me. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a very loyal person. And so, you know, I was like, you know what? I saw a lot, like I said before, I saw a lot in him. What I what I had with my mentor in the life insurance, Mr. Panita, is very no, no excuse mentality, very mm-hmm. good in negotiations, sales, very, you know, very, you know, ambitious and cool I like career driven and you know that's what he is as well so decided to follow him and talk to him for an hour with him and Mr. Romero explain to him you know my background you know I was up, up front about everything you know mm-hmm. at the same time they were trying to tell me they were trying to um, explain to me that hey like you know, when you're living on commissions, you don't get paid sometimes. And like, like I knew everything. You're I like, I don't get paid now. I was like, oh, man, I haven't been paid in two months. <laughs> Sorry, eating my toenails because I'm hungry. <laughs> just play, just play. Nah, but you know, like even then, like I, I was really, I was really broke. You know, I was. I told myself, you know, you got to burn the boats to take the island, and so that's pretty much what I did. I. I quit my job. I just did this full time. I told my friend I was staying with. I was like, "Look, man, if you want me to move, I'll move." But you know, I'm kind of telling you now that I might not have money for the next couple of months. This is something that I really believe in and I want to do. Luckily, my friend, my my close friend, uh, his name is Gabriel Pasta. He was he was very supportive of me. He knew how much of a hustler I was already am, and he knows that once I commit to something, I you know I don't quit. And so that helped the way I was help build credibility that you know i'm really gonna do what i said i was gonna do that's why i'm not gonna be able to pay you rent 
And so he believed him. He said, man, you know, do what you got to do. Don't worry about rent. Okay, I'll give you two months, free rent. Just do what you got to do. I said, I said, badass, man, thanks. And actually, with, at the end of two months, I had already um, started with you. I had already had my first deal. And, um, you know, I gave him some money when I, on my way out. And he didn't even ask. He didn't want it. But, I, you know, for uh, for helping me the way he did and all the stuff he did, like, I gave him $1,000 you know, on my way out, I was like, here, man, this is for you. This is the way you got to take care of people, you know, people that yeah, look out yeah. for you. I mean, it's about, your, in it's you. about your integrity. It is, man. And, you know, to this day, you know, we were really pretty much best friends, you know. Um, but, you know, and then I got it started and then I really hit it hard. I remember when I first got started in, in uh, Helco, I was very anxious. Which is all I yeah, just wait. I was very anxious. I, was like, I remember okay. first meeting you. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I remember walking into the Geekdom office, and um, you know, like I I do all the CRM and back end stuff. And um, Marco had already messaged me the night before. He said, you know, we got two guys uh, starting new. One of them is going to be in the office tomorrow. And you know, he was talking about uh, you and Hernando. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hernando had already been there. Um, because he came on with another gentleman uh, who left shortly after, yeah. and uh, basically you were the hire that replaced that person. Yeah. So Hernando had already been there for a little bit, and um, you know he had to get set up with a couple of new things. But he, uh, Marco, sent me the message and was like, "Yeah, this guy's going to be in the office tomorrow," and he just set him up on CRM, do all the training stuff. And um, you know, I, I came in. And it was like, I remember it was a weird morning because there's a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. and I had to meet with someone. I had to do a phone call and then I like come walking in and I'm already like, you know, anxious because I got stuff going on and Juan's like, uh, like, oh yeah, did you get this and this and this? And then, oh, by the way, this is the new guy, Alex. And then I'm like, oh, oh okay. You know, then like <laughs> I went over there to shake your hand and you stand up and you're this like tall, skinny guy. And I like, you had, I think you were wearing a short sleeve shirt because your tattoos were showing. And I was like, oh, this guy's got a story, you know, but <laughs> yeah. you, know, you were, you're like really polite and, uh, but you were like really confident. And I was like, yeah, I think Marco found somebody who has, who has something good, some good potential here. Mm. Um, and like, I didn't know what to expect from you as far as like, mm. you know, what I needed to explain on the CRM and all this stuff. But, um, you know, once we got into it and I saw like how coachable you were and you had questions, even though like you didn't know what questions to ask, you were still asking questions. Yeah, I ask questions, uh, man. I, uh, you know, somebody <clears throat> told me once, you know, the dumbest question is a question not being asked. Right. So I ask as many questions because. <laughs> right, right. So like immediately I was like, uh, you know, and I, and I trust Marco too. Like I think Marco and Hillary have a really uh, strong ability for uh, you know, character people. judgment, yeah. you know? And so like if, if Marco says, you know, go work with this guy, he's, he's a good person. I trust him. I'm going to trust that person on Marco's word, you know? Yeah. So like uh, already just seeing the kind of ethic you brought into the company, like on the first day, I was like, yeah, this guy's going to stick around for a little while. Mm -hmm. or at least in my mind, I was thinking, I hope you would stick around for yeah. a little while yeah. because you know, like you have that kind of drive that, um, uh, I think most people who are really like in it for themselves yeah. and don't really care about like a team or like a mm -hmm. building that family environment. Um, like if it wasn't working for them, they would just jump ship and go somewhere else and then yeah. do the same thing to somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, that was, that was more like my mindset was like trying to figure out what kind of guy you were. Yeah. Were you the guy that was going to Yeah, stick you're very it analytical. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And, and every, anybody who listens to us knows that, you know, like I, I'm a numbers guy. I like to evaluate things. Um, but one thing I don't like 
is analysis uh, paralysis from analysis like i do not let myself get stuck on on thinking things through yeah. like i i just need enough information to make a sound decision mm-hmm. and i'm going to make that decision yeah and, and i hate it when people like freeze or like you know let, let me get back to you, you know, whatever <laughs> that's like the, come on man just, that's just like a pet peeve man even in, even when i was doing uh, any kind of sales like mm-hmm. no matter what like if someone says well let me think about it it's like well, what do you got to think about <laughs> yeah, like, i just told you everything yeah. yeah you know people would always tell me that too at my appointments like, oh, well let me think about it i was like well what do you need to think about i mean come on let's address it right now so that way you know you know what you know this is a, the best decision for you you know yeah yeah and so that's another technique that people need to start implementing you know when you get somebody that says hey well you know what let me think about it well i mean you know your your response should be okay well what do you need to think about what other questions do you have because i don't feel like you i don't feel you know like you're comprehending i think it also depends on the person that you're talking to because like um if someone like like i think there's like like the main two options the first one is the person who's just indecisive yeah you know and that's that's a great approach for someone who's indecisive where you say like well let me let me address your concerns because i know as soon as we get off this call or as soon as we you know leave mm-hmm. you're going to start doubting yourself you're going to have questions you're going to go google it and find all these forums where they like are bashing things and you're going to find all the negative stuff so let me address the question that you have now so that you can understand uh, like what the question is you're, that you're asking because you may not be asking the right question and it may not even be that you're really concerned about that issue. So let's figure it out. Yeah. Whereas there's the other person who thinks that they're leveraging their decision power over you to make something into a deal where it's like, let me think about it. I'll come back to you and maybe we can get it at a lower price. You yeah. know. And for those kinds of people, my response is, you know, like, well, okay, you can think about it, but, you know, if we talk tomorrow, this de- deal may not be available. Uh, I have plenty of other people that are willing to buy it, you know. Yeah. I came to you Do first. <laughs> yeah, I came to you first because I th- I thought, you know, this was a good fit for you, but, you know, it, obviously it's not. So I'm, I'm going to go to my next guy, you know, and if you if you want to come back and talk about it later, that's great, but we'll, fi- we'll have to find something that's comparable because this isn't going to be, you know, available for you. And, um, and I think those are like the two more common approaches mm-hmm. um, and, and everything else kind of fits on a scale between one of the one or those uh, two things. Yeah. But um, we've kind of diverged a bit from from all of that, uh, our conversation. And, yeah. and it's good, though. You know, we're having a nice, natural conversation. Something yeah. I think is bringing value to the listener. Um, but as we're finishing up the podcast episode, um, what's next for Alex Estrada? Like. Yeah, I know you're looking for for deals for yes. your own portfolio. I know that you're, um, you know, you're a business guy and you want to do your own stuff. But you also got a place here at Hilco, and yeah. and it's very promising. So what mm. what do you see for yourself? What is your goals? Your plans? To be- uh, how can you connect with anybody listening? Like, yeah. uh, if there's someone out there that can help Alex reach his goals, Alex, what are those goals? Yeah. Um, well, my, I have, my main focus right now is helping, I, I love helping, uh, I love to help build, you know, my environment. I love to help build the company. I enjoy it. I'm the only and first person in my position in this company. And it's very exciting for me to, to have this opportunity, um, especially in the amount of time that I've been here, how much, how fast I grew and how much I've been, I've done, you know, so this, this is a real honor for me, but 
Um, right now, I'm honestly just focusing on trying to get this disposition, um, you know, system and, you know, rules and, you know, trying to get, you know, a flow for us. So, so that way we can start, you know, maybe down a couple of months, not not anytime soon, Mr. Romano, but down the road, maybe get somebody else in the t- in my disposition side and to help me out, especially once we start growing. I believe in our team a lot. I think we have great people, um, you know, helpful people in our team, and you know, it's only going upward from here. You know, I've I've since I've been here, it's all been the same people. And so it's that's a good you know, sign. A, I mean, that, that is a good sign for, you know? for a company that's still is coming out of its startup phase and into its growth phase. But um, yeah, that that consistency is key. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so and so so right now I'm just I'm just looking to help investors get their properties. I'm looking to help sellers or other other wholesalers, you know, get their. Um, get their get their deals moved get their houses moved you know that's what i'm really more focused on right now uh, my next thing uh, my second goal is what i'm working on right now is the doing the webinars so mm-hmm. we're going to start be doing webinars for you know for free edu- free wholesale education you know we're going to talk about from beginning to end get in depth it's going to be a syllabus um you the great thing about this is that people could tune in wherever they're at and so you know as opposed to trying to make the time just to come and find parking, pay 20 bucks for parking and all this crap. Now, I'm, not, I'm trying to eliminate all that, trying to make it more um, efficient for people to tune in, to get involved, and to help grow our views and, uh, you know, our followers and, you know, you know bring, bring, bring some people around us, around the company, man. And um, I think a goal of mine as well is that I'm also looking for sub-two deals. Okay. I'm starting to look at sub-two deals. I feel like I got enough to get me a sub-two, so... I want to start looking into getting my first fix and flips, my own rental property, whatever I can get my hands on. So if anybody has any great deals, minimal, you know, sub two deals, you know, reach out to me at alex at hillcohomes.com or 210-717-7458. My ultimate goal within five years is to have five apartment complexes um, as a cash flow. I'm actually reading a book right now. It's uh, how to wholesale apartments. And that's very exciting. It's very informative. Um, it's how to make big money in small apartments by Lance Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think everybody should check that out. It's very, very informative. Awesome. Cool, cool. Great. Well, we are at the end of our podcast episode, and I want to thank Alex for being on here and taking the time to chat with us about you know where he came from. I think this these kinds of episodes are important to have because they can resonate with someone that you know, is is listening to this. I mean, you never know. Like there's, there's someone out there that may be in a similar situation as, as we are in. Um, you know, my story might not totally match with yours, but maybe Alex's does. And, you know, we, we want to just generally put ourselves out there and say, we want to help you win. So if you got questions, definitely reach out to us. Let, let us know. You can uh, let us know uh, if you have any questions, if you want to talk, uh, hear us about it on a certain topic. Um, if you want to be on our show, let us know. Uh, reach out to us at our Facebook page or um, directly at my, uh, my email, which is Mike, M-I-K-E, at hillcohomes.com. And I also, before we sign off, want to give a quick shout out to all of our international listeners. We have listeners in uh, as of last check was 14 other countries 
um, including places like New Zealand, Germany, France, the UK. Um, uh, We have some people in South America, a couple of people in Canada. So yeah, it's great to have you on. And if, again, if you have any questions, feel free to contact us. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to talk about real estate, uh, whether it's here in the U.S. and how you can invest in the U.S. or abroad and how we can possibly help you in your area. So thanks and catch us next time. (laughs) 